0: Welcome, everyone, to the Gravity Defined Podcast, episode number one. It's your host, Smith, your commissioner, your overlord, your grand emperor, your champion. I'm joined by a rookie only in the sense that he is a rookie in MEB, but certainly a veteran in all our hearts. He is Dave Prince.
1: Dave. <laughs> What's going on? There? Not much, guys. Thanks for having me on. It's nice to be on the first episode. It is. Quite, quite an honor. Thank you. There it was is. A long There was a long line, I think.
0: Uh, there was. But you know what? You were the first <laughs> one to reach out. You you beat everyone. You beat Seth. You beat, you beat Steven. So they're probably wondering why they don't go number one. They feel like they have some kind of, I owe them something. Well, I don't. Uh, And Dave was the first one that reached out. So it's a first come, first serve. That's fair, right?
1: I think that, yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair.
0: I think so. But without further ado, the whole point of this podcast is just to give a recap of everything that's gone on the last week or so in Magnus Spec Baseball, MEB. Again, that's going to be weekly as in real life week. We're not going to be doing one for every sim. That would be insane. But That
1: would be a lot. (laughs)
0: that would be a lot Uh, but before we really get into that I I do want to highlight you Dave a little bit and you've got obviously a very interesting background you worked within the media side of baseball and now you're working more professional league baseball and you're working specifically in the KBO which you know was the talk of baseball in, in early 2020 as you know and it's a very interesting environment and, and very different from major league baseball. So I'm, I'm kind of curious to hear about your career path and how you ended up where you are today.
1: Uh, well, um, so I've always kind of been involved on the Asia side. Um, you know, I played in the U S in college. Uh, I wasn't very good. Um, didn't get drafted. So like a future value 20, 25 on this game probably something like that um which which do get traded apparently they do yeah I think (laughs) it's just the more bored people get the lower down they go so just make a make a deal to make a deal yeah but uh um so I did that and then I got the opportunity to go to Japan and play uh I played uh in the in the independent leagues there which back then were kind of like their third tier minor league system uh in Japan and so Mm -hmm. Did that in Chiba for a couple of years. And then the Indians hired me to, uh, run their Pacific Rim department. Mm-hmm. So I did back when they were the Indians, uh, did Japan, Korea, Taiwan, Australia for them for about six years. Mm-hmm. And then, um, the Yankees hired me and moved me to California. Um, so I did pro stuff for them for three years and went back and forth and still covered Asia. And then uh, five years ago, KT came along and uh, and hired me to work for them. And in the middle between uh, the Yankees and KT, I started Twenty Eighty Baseball with uh, Nick Falaris. Mm-hmm. and we did that for about a year and a half. And so, um, and I still own part of it, but um, it's mostly just amateur uh, right. amateur coverage around the draft now that Nick and uh, Burke Ranger do. And so, uh, I'm still in touch with those guys. Uh, they're both very close to me. Um, taught me quite a bit, um, about the media space, which, which was nice. I knew very little about that going in. And right. so it was, uh, it was an eye opening experience doing that and getting to know all the people that worked at BP and that worked at baseball America and, sure. uh, you know, all the other outlets that kind of emerged along that same line. Um, it was fun, different perspective. And I think it definitely helped me with what I do now with KT. So,
0: yeah, absolutely. The the real question is how many languages would you consider yourself fluent in?
1: Oh, uh, like barely English, I guess. Oh, come on. Be the, be the one, uh, you know, Japanese, my Japanese used to be pretty good. You know, I was there for seven years. Um, but I haven't been there. I've been back since 15. Mm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then I was back and forth a few times, but it's, it's funny how quick you lose it. Um, right. You know, I think if I, every time I go back to Korea, there's, I have some friends there that's, that speak Japanese and, you know, it, it comes back to me that a little bit then, but mm-hmm. yeah, right. I, I don't know. In, English and Japanese, that's about it. And,
0: you know, I, I, we hear that prevailing thought that. The KBO is essentially like a double A league and the MPB is more of like a triple A, you know, an advanced triple A league that has a number of players that could easily make it to the major leagues, assuming they have some time to get used to the game, get used to the style of Mm -hmm. play. Would you say that's largely accurate?
1: I think the, I think the talent level is probably like the best guys in both leagues are legitimate big leaguers right. and so japan's going to have more there's more colleges more high schools they have the industrial leagues in japan their drafts are bigger they have more teams um right. Right. they have larger infrastructure better player development so on um and so they're a little bit ahead of korea uh in that in that respect mm-hmm. um the level is above AAA, I think largely because it's much more competitive Mm-hmm. You know, A, There's a lot of competing factors that players and coaches and team staff are focusing on, and and then you get, um, you know, it's their big leagues. You know, right. so I mean, there's a different competition factor that goes on there. They're playing. And they're then, playing to win the game. They're playing. They're playing to win the games. This is what their you know kids over in that country, Japan or Korea, grow up looking at. So they look at the big leagues too, but it's not the stuff they see every day like they do uh, their own their own big league uh, mm-hmm. organizations. So, um, you know, I, I, it's above AAA largely for that reason. Uh, the top talent is comparable, but there's very little depth. I think there's not a lot between the guys that are at the top and then the guys that are towards the bottom. So, um, So you have, you know, the rosters are a little more watered down than what we get over here. Sure. And so then that, that's talking about Japan. And then Korea, it's the same thing, just on a little bit smaller scale. You mm-hmm. know? So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, one last question, then we'll get into the MAB stuff.
0: What would you say is the aspect of Korea or Japan that American players, when they go over there, they're taken back most by? Like, what's the thing that catches them by surprise the most?
1: It's probably all the off-field stuff that they have to deal with. Um, You know, everything from, you think the hardest thing you got to deal with is the stuff on the field, adjusting to coaches and adjusting to being pitched a different way or having hitters approach change. Mm -hmm. But really it's like day to day living there for eight months, figuring out how to go to the convenience store and get what you need, you know, and not have to call call your translator to come help you. Right. Uh, or, you know, ordering food delivery. Like, I mean, it's just little stuff like that builds up. And, you know, before I sign guys, I sit down with them and their wives or girlfriends, uh, fiancés, whomever, and have a talk about living over there. Because, you know, I've done it. I know what, you know, I have an idea what to expect. And it's usually that stuff that trips people up. And then that sort of, you know, that leaks into stuff on the field. So Right. It's not the the baseball stuff they know. That's a it's a common language, you know. Outside of some different drills and you know different strategical approaches, it's the same game. So uh, you know there they're comfortable.
0: And not to mention that the media is incredibly intense, and the players, at least from an American perspective, they they almost look as look to be these mega stars within culture in Korea and Japan is that also fair to say
1: yeah they are um I think the the domestic players are tend to be more famous than the foreign sure. players because the foreign players are a little bit more transient yeah you know you get guys that there's more turnover there mm-hmm. but those mm-hmm. are the guys that come in they're the hired guns you know they're the big free agent signings right you know, on average the foreign players make a lot more than the average salary in the league um, they're not they're not always the highest paid on their team, but that's right. They're close. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you bring somebody in like that. It's, uh, it's the Cubs signing Jason Hayward. It's right. The Rangers signing Marcus Simeon, you know, like it's, uh, Mets signing. Yeah. You know, it's apparently. Max signing Matt Scherzer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like all this, like that's how the fans look at it over there. And so yeah. they're going to pick them apart the same way the New York media is going to pick apart Scherzer or whoever signs with the Yankees or any of that stuff. So, if anyone you ever signs them, if yeah, right, yeah, but uh, you know, we'll we'll see what they what they what they want to do next. <laughs> but then, I, I don't know, like a ten year three hundred twenty five million dollar deal for them. I think the last time they tried that, it didn't work out real well. So <laughs> yeah, um, you know, yeah. and one of those players in Cole is probably enough for them.
0: And, and speaking of uh, big contracts given up by the Yankees, let's let's move over to MEB because I know for a fact the Yankees spend like the Yankees should in MEB. I think that's fair to say, they but should. Uh, I, just a couple of topics that we really want to focus on for the first episode here. We're going to get into some of the big signings that happened throughout the last several weeks within the game. There were some big ones that went down, so we'll cover those. We'll go through our, I know it's not the preseason, but it more or less is the beginning of the season, we'll go through our pre, our predictions for how mm-hmm. the divisions will shake out. Then we'll talk a little bit about the trade tool we saw in action today. We got the announcement from Dave at Stats Plus, the OG God, that does all this stuff. He's fantastic. So we'll do a deep dive into the tool, our kind of initial thoughts on it. But without further ado, Dave, a couple of big signings that went down over the past couple of weeks. Obviously, we saw... Uh, Brendan Rodgers signed a one-year deal for $4 million with the Reds. We saw the Padres sign Lazar Alonso, who was a masher for the Mariners for countless years. He signs a $1.5 million deal. And then one of the, the two bigger signings that happened in the last week or so, Jordan Hicks and Jose Alvarado. You got Hicks going to the Rangers, <coughs> one year, $5 million. And then Jose Alvarado goes to the Cubs. He gets a little over $4.5 million. So... Suffice to say that there were some players that were held out in the market because either they had some compensation tied to them or their demands were just a little bit too much that teams didn't want to meet. But, Dave, I'll kind of let you take this wherever you want to go. Whichever signing you kind of want to focus on first, absolutely be my guest.
1: Uh, I mean, I'll start off. I think the, the, the best signing I that I liked the most was probably Kirk. And That's right. I yeah. felt like just – I mean, in my – the little bit of time I've had to look through this league, what kind of what I've noticed is – I mean, it, it mirrors reality in, in the sense that there's not a lot of impact catching available. Yes, And, right. you know, Kirk, while he's not an elite defender, is – you know, I, I have to check on it, but he's at least an elite hit tool player right now in real life. And then mm-hmm. in this game, it looks like it's carried over so far. And so you get a guy like that for $5 million. If I've been able to clear any space – which, as everybody knows, I was trying to do for the first week or two of my tenure. Um, mm-hmm. He's probably a guy I would have gone to go to go grab. Um, yeah, I like the Brendan Rogers signing as well. I think he's an underrated player. If he's going to play second, I think you try and put him at short, and it's a problem. And I, I mean, I think that in reality as well. Right. And so, uh, right. You know, in this in this league, with him still around, looking at the numbers he's put up, that's an above average second baseman. Yeah. Um, you know, and in second base, you want him to, you know, knock the ball around a little bit and make the routine plays. He does that, and you're good. So, those are the two yeah. signings that I really like. Uh, seeing relievers get as much money as they get in this league after watching what's happened with relievers since I've come on <laughs> seems like they're vastly overpaid. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, because I just traded. Not to call out the D-backs, but, I mean, I just picked up the reliever who was arguably one of the, like a top, was Sharks a to top five guy last year for you guys in the league? Uh, let's see. What- 111 with 148 punch, 111 innings with 148 punch-outs and a sub three. Yeah, pretty good. I mean, 1-7 war for a reliever. That's pretty good. 12 saves. I mean, yeah. and I got him plus two other, plus my starting catcher and starting right fielder for an A-ball catcher and a glove first shortstop.
0: That's who what are happens both, in this
1: league, yeah? Both good players. Both very right. good players. But to me, that's like says the value for relief pitching is is out of line a little bit. And so Just a little so bit. those deals, you know, $5 million for Hicks. Like, okay, if you've got the space, I guess that's all right. You know, four and a half or whatever for Alvarado, if you've got the space, okay. He's a lefty, so there's a little more value there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Both Both extreme ground ball kind of guys, too. Yes, they are, and not huge not, not huge swing and miss, some swing and miss, but not huge swing and miss. right. And uh, but for those guys, both are fairly inconsistent, even though I haven't been able to look too deep beyond the three years or so that, um, that I can see just offhand. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I
0: right.
1: think it would be just as likely to see those guys you know have a crap year this year as it would be to see Owen Schartz repeat what he did last year. And so, you know, for me, like that's, you're going to bet 5 million on that. I'll take the $600,000 bet. Yeah. And, you know, so that's kind of, that was, that's kind of my thinking thus far. Now I'm very open to being wrong because, you know, I'm speaking a little bit out of turn here cause um, I've got the least amount of time under my belt with this thing. So. Right. Right. Yeah.
0: We, we, we're, we're throwing it into the den. We're throwing you into the Lions' dead. You're the first co-host. I will say I did like the Alejandro Kirk signing for the Blue Jays, and they were always positioned to get him back because they offered him the qualifying offer. As good as he was last year, for me, defensively, he's not anywhere close to what I would want in a defensive catcher. So you have to be really elite with the bat. And he was pretty good last year. He was 20% above league average with the bat per WRC plus, almost 25%. Uh, and he's been, you know, slightly above average on his career. But last year, you know, driven by a 319 bat bip, that's almost 30 points higher than his career average, mm-hmm. almost 40 points. I just I don't know if that's the kind of gamble that I would have taken. But considering that the Blue Jays did not have to give him a qualifying offer to get him, but just bringing him back on a one-year deal in that case i think it makes a lot of sense for them um yeah, but i know i i agree yeah i mean I, I, it would be difficult for me to give up a qualifying offer for Kirk considering he was he was asking something in the vicinity of i think it was like 15 16 million euro for several years and then he eventually demand demanded just a one year deal so i think that's what happened there but i'm not exactly sure but i believe that's what happened um, yeah, that
1: I mean, it, it, like like you said, it makes sense for them. It's fine. I think the defense is enough. Uh, I don't know yet how the algorithm plays out with this, with uh, defensive rankings, you know, right. so it remains to be seen for me. But um, it seems like those that have elite defensive ratings have a significantly higher value, and you know their dollar demands tend to be a lot higher. So it seems like this league values right. that a lot, which is great because I value that a lot.
0: Right. Um, yeah, we don't have any automated strike zone here. No way. Yeah. So
1: it's uh, you know, that's like that, that's a big deal. And I agree. Behind the plate, you want an elite defender. Um, if you can't have an elite defender, uh, an average defender who can hit is the next best thing. So that's right. That's right. Um, you know, I mean, you're going to get your offense, especially a team like yours or Kansas City, is going to get their thump from somewhere else. You you just want a guy who can manage the pitching staff. So right. You know, um, but yeah, I've always liked Kirk, you know, for that reason. And I think the, you know, how shallow catching is it, or at least it seems to be in this league. Um, you know, that's a, you know, a pretty good sign, I think at 5 million, even though they're bringing him back, you know, 5 million, even for a team, that's kind of a bubble club. You know, mm-hmm. if they had a hole there, 5 million, and you give up a pick. That's probably not the worst thing either. Yeah, no, so absolutely not. And I mean, to put
0: this into perspective, Kirk is ranked as the 11th best catcher in baseball per OSA. So, I mean, that that tells you everything you need to know about the state of the catching position
1: yeah. in MEB. It is a joke. It really is a joke.
0: Well, um, it's, I mean,
1: and $5 million for that, like, he should be fifteen, like he was asking Oh, for yeah. Him.
0: Yeah. So. No, I, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but in any event, so... Just going to Alvarado and Hicks, uh, I'm a big sucker for guys that generate ground balls. They don't give up the long ball. But I think there is a premium place there for teams that play in small ballparks that are hitter friendly. Um, I need to check exactly what the homer uh, ballpark factors are for the Cubs here. So, okay. So against left-handed batters, it's extremely pitcher friendly. And for righties, it's slightly hitter friendly. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to check the range. I would assume it's going to be extremely hitter friendly. Um, and I'm wrong, of course. It's pitcher friendly across the board. So not necessarily like teams that have small ballparks there or that give up a lot of home runs. But, you know, if you have a good defense, I think those guys are really good investments uh, as well. But if you don't, then I think that's a different discussion. Um, I think one of the sneakiest signings was actually Lazaro Alonso because this guy was ridiculously productive between 2022 and let's see, 2026. He had one down year with a 681 OPS, but his BAPIP was way, way down. Um, So I believe in Lazaro Alonso. I don't think he's the player he once was. His ratings have gone down. He's degraded a little bit, but. He can still give you some thump. He can give you an average hit tool against righties. The lefties is actually where he struggles the most. Um, and he can play a really good defensive first base. And for a team in the Padres, in that division, it's a very tough division to play in. But every addition to that team is, you know, a win or two added. And that could be the difference in that division, in my opinion.
1: It could be. Um when I look at this and this is for a player that I'm really not familiar with, uh, I see a trend just looking at some, some basic stats here. I see a trend that's leading towards a three true outcome type guy Yeah. with, and then I say that with a guy who doesn't really walk all that much, mm-hmm. or at least it's going down. And so, you know, I see that with the age and a corner player like that's nice but how many times have we seen a player with this sort of profile not be able to maintain and so right you know i think at one at 1. 1.5 like who cares right so exactly you know like that's great if you've got at bats for him then go get him and that it, it costs you nothing right and so, they got cody
0: hose playing first base i mean no offense to cody hose but in this game he's like in my opinion one of the worst starting first basemen. so if you so want play, you know, Hose so, And Alonzo lefty righty. I mean, right. I think that's yeah. And, and the, in the line. right
1: lineup, that's fine. If you're looking for a guy to come in and hit third for you and be your first baseman for the next three years, then right. probably not. But you know, one year, 1.5, yeah, no big deal. But you know, I've got, like, I look at my lineup and I've got two guys that are like that, you know, with Gleason and uh, the catcher. That's a DH for me. Uh, uh, let's see. I don't know how to say his name. I, I
0: know who you're talking about. Um, I think it's, I'm going to guess. It's a Hurt Hirschich.
1: Her, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, the guy, yeah, the this guy guy. Can, I mean, who's yeah, a the DH? Yeah. Yeah. Who's a 30 defender? Yeah. <laughs> you know, he can't play anywhere. Yeah. And, you know, all he is is a 200 hitter that's going to, you know, run into a few. I
0: mean, he is um, Zach Collins,
1: right? A switch hitter, Zach Collins. Probably. He's like Mike Zanino. Yeah. Right, well, no. I mean, minus, minus, Zenudo, minus the or... minus the defense. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, Zen- o- offensive Zanino. Yeah. Exactly. Like that's exactly. it. So um, which I get which is like Collins without the power. Collins doesn't have the same sort of power that Collins yeah. isn't a 38-40 home run a year guy.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, he he you was know. he was at one. I think at one time he was like probably what. Six game power projection, something like that, and it ended up being like a forty five five,
1: something like that. Yeah, I was never a big fan of him, even in college. I, I thought the just the swing was too long. And uh, well, that you were right about that one. Um, it's yeah. It, I mean, it's e- easy to say now, but it's yeah. you know the twenty eighty stuff that we had on him was uh, was not overly complimentary of the White Sox picking him so high. I remember,
0: so. I remember that conversation. I, I forgot what website it was, but. I remember reading somewhere in four years, if they get rid of the, if they implement the automatic strikes and I'm like, he's lucky if he's in the majors for four years at this rate, because (laughs) I'm with you there. Like you really going to wait four years for Zach Collins to become your starting catcher. Then God bless. Um, Yeah. Right. (laughs) But uh, in any event, so that does go over some of the recent uh, free agent signings. I'm not covering any of the trades that happened today because none of them are worth talking about, you know, exactly who you are. We trade a bunch a of twos and fours.
1: Trade every five mm-hmm. minutes in this league, man. Oh, <laughs>
0: wait, just just you wait, Dave. It's going to get even more intense. The trade deadline is a bonanza, to say the least.
1: Well, that's what I'm. That's what I'm hoping for. And so, since I couldn't move the guys for what I w- needed to move them for before the season, maybe maybe I can get a few guys to play well and be yeah. be value pieces at the deadline. So
0: don't don't you worry, Dave. Don't you worry. So. so with that in mind with the trade deadline not coming up necessarily but it is going to be here before you know it we do want to go through some of these predictions for the standings and each of the divisions because that's what we're going to do here so we'll start with the al we'll go east central west and then we'll do the nl east central west and then maybe two wildcard teams that you want to keep an eye on so with that i'll let you go
1: first for the al east okay uh al east Sorry, one second here. Let me make sure I I know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> That's so I mean. AL East, I mean, it's tough not to bet. You know, to bet against your guys, it's tough to bet against your guys. So yeah. um, with your depth and everything, uh, it's yeah, yeah. So I I I'll pick you guys. So yeah, it's, fair enough. Yeah, uh, you know, not not earth shattering there. Um, yeah. I think you go down to, let's see here. You go to the central. I think the Royals probably have that just based on where their lineup's at. Um, um, and I don't see a whole lot else in that league. Um, I think Detroit's rebuilding. Minnesota is looking for young guys. Uh, I, I So
0: I want to say, yes, the Royals. I actually chose the twins as my really? win this. Yes, I did. I mean, so they made the playoffs last year. I thought they were remarkably lucky to do so, but they did get mm-hmm. Bernie. They do have a full year of Bernie Garuli, and he hasn't been great so far. But I do well, think he's, he's 20, very good. Twenty years old.
1: He's twenty years old exactly. He <laughs> can mean, play shortstop. You know, he can do it <laughs> if all. If you're waiting on you that guy to take you to the promised land at age twenty, then that's a little much. You know. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, if he does do that, then that's great. You got to pay him now. I but, uh... see. I wish. Well,
0: I don't wish because that means he'd get a team-friendly deal, but you can only extend players to multi-year deals once they hit three years of major league service. So that won't be happening mm. for Bernie, thankfully. So when he comes way too overpriced, that he can be traded to the Yankees. That's how this works, right?
1: That's how it works. Um, you've set, I see how you set it up, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: Matt, take notes here. Um, but no, I, I think that they have a lot of very interesting young players. And I told Matt this privately that, you know, he's a move or two away, veteran players maybe that are pending free agents, pitchers, maybe one extra hitter. He's one pitcher and one hitter away, I think, from being very, very interesting because his minor league system is very good. He's got some guys in the upper minors that I think could be very productive for him. So, I, you know, for a team in the Royals that's so dependent on pitching and specifically relievers, that scares me. And I don't know how that can carry over year after year after year. So it's going to be put to the test. It's like the fourth year of them just going straight out bullpen. They've done a good job churning out guys, but the Twins have been building this system for a long time. They made the playoffs last year. I don't think it's the craziest thing. And I'm just going out on a limb here and just saying the Twins are going to win it. But we'll see.
1: Uh, I mean – Maybe. You're right. They do have a very good system, but it's unproven. And yeah. I think for every young guy that you get that gives you 550 at-bats, you're going to have a couple other guys that fall short of what's needed in that's order right. to win a division. Um, you know, so that that's the rub there for me. I think I look at Kansas City. They've got, you know, they, they have a very good defensive catcher who's got some pop. They have I mean in this game it looks like he's very good. Um I don't feel the yeah. same way in real life, but um <laughs> yeah the uh you know Joe Adele has obviously done more than he's done yet in reality. Um mm-hmm. and then a you plus got Bobby tool
0: in this league, which is, which I know, is very which,
1: ironic. Well, yeah, yeah, go figure. Yeah. Uh you know, and then you got Bobby Wood Jr. and a few other guys that are nice supplemental pieces. Um I like Brett Batty even though he keeps trying to trade him. <laughs> um, uh, oh, you know, God. like those guys. So I mean, I think it's a nice combination. And like you said, the pitching is let me look this up. Is pretty good, right? And last time I very good
0: relievers. Yeah.
1: Last time I checked, pitching wins in the postseason. So
0: yes.
1: Um, you know, and usually wins down the stretch. So I think uh, I'll, I'll stick with I'll stick with Kansas City on that. I agree. Um, yeah. Uh, I yeah, think going down to the west.
0: Um, this know, is the tri- this is the probably the second trickiest division for me.
1: Before, yeah, I don't, maybe. Yeah, I look at the lineups and I think Houston, but then yeah. I look at but then I look at the pitching. And I kind of like my guys, especially if, well. beaver has gone for the year, but if I can get, I've got another injured guy that's supposed to be back in like May or June. Um, wow, three-fifty you know, rotation of former Yankees
0: prospects here. I didn't even notice that.
1: That's all from the Trout deal, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, he did something right. <laughs> uh, um, so you're looking at. I mean, I kind of like like I've got a horse and Che at the front. Yeah, Borbone has been good to start off. Um, you know, Gonzalez is going to be up before too long, and he's
0: going to start yeah. for you.
1: Yes. Okay. But yeah, until he until he shows me he can't. Fair um, Cano is going to start for me. Um. And, and what's the ETA? Thinks. What's the ETA on him? Do you think? Just whenever I need him.
0: You Fair know, enough. somebody
1: goes down, like I got. I'm not worried about service time or any of that stuff. So
0: um, you're not you're not a normal uh, major league baseball owner. That's that's good to know.
1: No, nah, I mean no, I mean if it makes sense, then sure. But yeah. not at the not at the expense of improving a competitive major league roster. So um, that's the correct answer. Yeah, I like the Wilhem- I like Wilhelmson. Uh, if he can not walk the ballpark, he should be okay. You know, so that like for back end guys, it's okay. Nolan Martinez is going to hold a spot for a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, until Cano or, uh, or the other guy or Gonzalez is ready. Yep. And then I've got uh, Wilkman Gonzalez looks like, uh, you know, he might be ready to come back here soon from his mm-hmm. oblique. Yep. That'll supplement the bullpen. Um, so, I mean, I like, I like my staff. And... Orlando Gonzalez.
0: I didn't hear that name.
1: Huh? Orlando Gonzalez? Oh maybe? yeah, I said I said. Oh, you did? Okay. Gonzalez. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not sorry, bad. I was talking about him first. And okay. Then I, said, I thought you were talking, then...
0: saying. T- I thought you were talking about Wilkman Gonzalez. No, no, okay. no. Orlando <laughs> is
1: gonna Orlando will be up when he's ready.
0: Yeah.
1: And okay. no, Wilkman will be out of the pen yeah. until uh, until you know, unless I need him to do something else. But having a couple long guys like him and Sharts uh, is usually a good thing, I think. So um, right. And then I've got a few young guys I like. I like the, who I picked at the top of the draft, if I can sign that guy. Um, um, but, you yeah, know, that's obviously not for this year. Right. So, I don't know. I mean, I like where my guys are at. I've got one more year in Nolan before I buy him out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, why not? I couldn't trade those guys I wanted to trade, so I might as well try and go for it. Right. But, absolutely. Um. So that's that's there. I don't apologies to the Mariners, Rangers, and Athletics, um, but yeah, that's I see. Hey, you're a, you you're there. a homer. You love your team. I love it. I love yeah. it. You love your team. Um, yeah. The more I look at it, the more more I like these guys. It was like reading Greek before because I didn't know any of these players, but <laughs> right. Uh, so I got NL East. Uh, This one's a little easier for
0: me, but uh, there could be two teams that I would I would consider here. I'm curious to see who you got here. I'll go ahead while you think about that. Um, I'm okay. going to go with the Marlins. Um, their pitching and defense is just so damn good. I don't know how they don't end up top three in in runs against and you know pacheco is probably one of if not the best no he's the second best we can ed howard's number one second baseman but isaac pacheco is arguably the the second best second baseman in baseball try saying that three times Mm -hmm. second best second baseman um but their offense is just good enough with suzuki with pacheco um, I do like Chase Davis. Um, they've got enough guys that can hit where I think it'll be enough. I don't necessarily think this is the most difficult division. The Hammers with a revived pitching staff, maybe they get some Shoei Otani to really produce. Maybe they get Caleb Ferguson back in a couple of weeks. Maybe Ian Anderson comes back to life a little bit. He died a little bit last year in, in terms of the velocity, in terms of the command. That's a possibility, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm going to go with the Marlins with the understanding that the Hammers could very well win this division and maybe even the Nationals make some noise. The Phillies and Mets, I think, are a distant fourth and fifth place.
1: I, I'm going to agree with you on the Marlins. Um, I was going to say the Nationals were the the other team that I was, it okay. was between those two for me. I could see that. I yeah. think a difference maker for the Marlins is going to be the Ethan Brown kid. So yeah. he's, yeah. I mean, he's so he has funny. all, he shows, he shows the innings last year. He didn't walk many guys, punched a bunch of dudes out. He had his, you know, he was unlucky with the long ball a bit. Yeah. But if he, I mean, he's got the stuff. Uh, I mean, it's not, it's not great, great stuff, but I mean, the fastball plays up according to the year. Yeah, The curveball and change up are yeah. both plus plus. Yeah, and he—I mean—throws. I love guys that throw strikes, man. So I think you get a guy like this who's 26, who can be a little bit of a late bloomer. Um, and if he turns it on for them, and based on his first start, it looks like he's on track. That's right. Um, and this is know, the perfect
0: ballpark for him.
1: Right. Keep, so he does that dynamite. with this team, and now like it's not. Yeah, you know, I mean. It, it, Pretty, It makes it a little more clear-cut, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's the number three f- for a lot of other teams in baseball. He's mm-hmm. the number five for this team. Yep. So, yeah, I, I'm i in a complete agreement there. I do think it's the Marlins. Um, yeah. uh, real quick, I do want to backtrack to the West. I didn't uh, say who I thought would win. I think the Mariners are going to win the division. I mean, I'm kind of of the opinion that I need to see the Astros do it for a full season mm-hmm. and usurp the Mariners' i think i've won the division like four or five years in a row um the mariners really didn't lose anybody of significance i mean yeah they lost L- alonzo but they have logan allen i mean a fake like talk about the fakest of fake sevens logan allen is the, the <laughs> fakest seven first <per> space <laughs> i've ever seen in my life get out of here yeah man. um but he is apparently a seven um, but the rest of that lineup is very fun. You know, David Silva is a guy that they picked up um during the offseason. I, I think mm-hmm. he's gonna do very well for them, especially against righties. Um, like they're having him play out there. And that pitching staff of Christian Little, Jesus Lazardo, Yovan Gill, Ricky Vanasco, Pretty
1: good.
0: Yeah, Ricky Venasco is, is basically like a right handed version of Robbie Ray. He's got like two pitches basically, and they're both mm-hmm. excellent. But he also throws more strikes than Eh, so I guess he's more like Kevin Gausman, really, than, than Arabi. Yeah. But uh, you'll take that, right? So they've oh, got yeah. a very good one, two, three, four. packing Nons, a, a very serviceable number five. Not the biggest fan, but hey, he's your number five. Um, yeah. And they've also got some depth in the minor leagues. So if they do want to call upon some other guys coming up here, John Ruiz could easily make his um, major league debut this year, as could Felipe um, Acornero. And mm-hmm. Nazir Mule as a maybe even a starter, so there's a lot of different possibilities here for this team, be it with the guys they have on their major league team now, as well as guys that are very close to the major leagues.
1: Yeah, no, so. I, yeah, it's tough to argue with that. I, I didn't dig into them as much as I should have, Um but uh, it's okay. You get a, again, every
0: everything, every every simple mistake, you get a pass because you're you're the okay. newest guy in the block, so don't uh-huh. worry about it
1: yeah so well we'll yeah we'll see yeah we'll see it's the first two weeks yeah of the exactly season, so so moving to the uh
0: the nl central here this has been a division that i i feel like outside of one or two seasons it's been the cardinals but it's not been in like dominant fashion either it's it's very much like the real life cardinals mm-hmm. you know in that they're they're a good team they're not great I don't feel like they're never really great, but I do think they have the potential to be great this year because I look at that lineup and I know it hasn't really performed yet, but a group with Bichette, Verdugo, Gorman, Carlson, Maximo Costa, who I really like. And then Antonio Cabello, who might be one of the most underrated hitters in baseball. That's a really convincing lineup. And if they get just enough from that pitching staff, which I think they can, um, I think you're looking at a potentially very sneaky playoff team that could win the division. And considering that the Pirates also have some pretty damning injuries, I mean, Jesus Escobar is out. that He's their best hitter outside of Jordan Alvarez. I mean, that's a huge loss. And Tony Morales... I know he's had a good stretch so far this year, and he was you know, okay last year. But for anyone that was in the league when Tony Morales was a prospect, he went second overall in 2024, it has been a letdown. And he has dropped a little bit for me. And I just don't think they have the depth to withstand an entire season if they lose some other key guys, whereas the Cardinals, I think, are a much better position. That's why I would go Mm. with them.
1: Yeah, I I, I don't think it's close. I think the Cardinals. I mean, they're they've got one of the best rosters I think in this league. Yeah, that's right. Uh, You know, with with these with some of these guys, so it's not you know, and then some of these other uh, younger players that I that you know that I don't know about yet. I mean, these dudes. It's yeah, it should be. I think they're in pretty good shape. I do. Then you got Nolan Nolan Gorman just kind of sitting back there, who still hasn't really. He's been good but not great and i think there's more in there for him mhm you know i mean he turned like he turns it on and you know it's it'll be tough to stop exactly that's right that's right
0: and i do want to give a shout out to the brewers hats off to colin he spent money he made trades he did a lot of things to become more competitive this year and you know what a lot of teams would just cave in and suck and suck and suck but Colin hats off to you and I know we're 10 games into the season but it has been a lot more competitive in Milwaukee and the pitching staff is very respectable I don't know about the lineup they traded away Christian Yelich last year that was a big loss obviously but their pitching staff could keep them in games so that is one team to monitor in this, in this division I don't think they're going to win it but I think we'll talk about this a little bit later. I do think they can compete for a wild card if things go right for them this year.
1: You know, I didn't know that they have Kong Beck Ho. Is that the guy from, that's a kid from my team. Yeah. That's awesome that he's in this game. That's incredible. Well, fun fact, uh, we
0: actually had the KBO installed in this league for the longest time for, I think it was three or four seasons and the file just got way, way too big. And some other stuff happened. I forgot exactly, but, we did get rid of it, but uh, homie's making thirty million a year through twenty thirty. So I just uh, I just saw that. I was like, oh, I'm gonna try and
1: trade for that guy. And I saw that, yeah, and I like, no, yeah maybe uh, not, maybe
0: not, yeah. But he's been he's been very productive. Um, he had a yeah. you know above average year last year, slightly below average a year before that, but yeah, he's had some incredibly productive years. And you know, as a corner outfielder with a you know pretty good arm, he's he's been productive.
1: That's pretty cool. He's he's a good kid. He'll be over here in real life here before too long, too. Yeah, okay, so that's okay. uh that's a name to keep an eye on then. Yeah, um, yeah. We'll we'll post him in the next couple of years. on prom, I'm sure. I'm love to sure. hear
0: it. Love to hear it. All right. So the last division here, the NL West. This, uh, as I polluted and uh, not polluted, alluded to before, I think is easily the most competitive division in the league, but. Without saying anything more, Dave, I mean, I'm, I'm curious what you think about the division. Who do you think is going to win?
1: I mean, this one, I'm not sure. The team I've looked at the most was the Dodgers, but I'm not convinced that they're this elite uh, elite franchise. So oh, I, I, I'm going to soundbite that one. I love that.
0: I love that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, every time Steven tries to roast me, I'm just gonna play that on loop.
1: Ugh. Thank you. I that. I like like lineup wise. I like the Giants.
0: Really?
1: Okay. I think they've got. I think they've got players who are not gonna blow you away, but are guys that are gonna be solid and consistent. I'm looking at 622 at bats. I'm looking at. Five hundred and fifty nine at bats. I'm looking at six hundred and four at bats, five hundred and fifteen at bats. You know, Mm. like these are dudes that are in there and they're productive. They're not superstars. Like maybe they're all stars. You know, every other year, every third year or something like that. But it's like it's dudes that show up and play and play defense. And so Well they've got the two
0: superstars and Bellinger and Albies, but yeah, you're right. Right. They've got
1: I mean those guys are right. But they're not like these are not I mean, Albie's is not a perennial MVP candidate. You know, Bellinger won the one year, but looking at the stats the last few, he's not a perennial MVP guy either. But he still is very good, above average to plus player. That's right. And then you get a couple guys who have big years on the mound, and I'm looking at Danny Perez, who gave him 200 plus innings. Um, If he walks a few, you know, a few less guys, and now instead of a four three two, he's got a three five. You know, and uh, and the pitching war goes way up. So, right. you know, I kind of like, I like spreading it around and I don't see, I see some commitments, but I don't see a ton of stuff on the books for them that, pre, that's going to prevent them from, oh, Bellinger's making 40, ooh, 43, <laughs> yikes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's They that's do have a little bit of money to spend. I mean, they're at If they've got a little million, bit of room at the but... deadline and they're, and they're hanging around, I think they might have enough to kind of hit the, hit the gas pedal a little bit and, and shoot past some guys. Yeah, they got five million um,
0: available right now.
1: Like the Dodgers have, they have an aging Bregman. Um, you know, Flaherty has been, I guess, probably a disappointment based on what they're paying him. Um, he was
0: he was a legitimate eight at the time they signed him, and it just it hasn't worked
1: out. Yeah, now they have got Bueller making forty million in the bullpen.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean, there's some great. stuff here. It's you know, Sanchez is hurt for the next for the whole season. They just lost Arrias for two months for a month and a half, maybe month. Right. Um, wow, he's you know, Arias is
0: wrecked. Is, wow. Okay.
1: Yeah, Rutchman's playing every day, so he's okay. And then uh, Lindauer is obviously their stud right now. I love Lindauer. Oh my god. So, you know, so I mean that that's nice, but I think you've got minimal room to to add. And you don't have Correct, much They have no behind.
0: room to spend right now.
1: <laughs> so they have no room to add. Yeah. And you're leaning on uh, Caballero and Flaherty. And Mavis, yeah. To, and and Mavis, but I mean, none of the, neither of those guys are coming off great years. Now they do have the innings. Right. So you know, if you guys are throwing innings, I think it's it. it, it there could be a turnaround there, and so you get two out of those 3 have solid pitch like number twos mm-hmm. and you know it's they probably win the division right. but if those guys don't i think it's going to be open for a team like San Francisco to pass them
0: yep it's it's a razor razor thin margin you know players have to stay healthy you're asking guys like Bregman and Arias, who's already been hurt and you're asking Pavin Smith you're asking Adley. Mm-hmm. You're asking Adley to catch almost 140 games. You know that's a lot.
1: Well, you're you wanted to, you need him to be Buster Posey, which is even when he's not catching, he's got his bat needs to he's batting, he's a stay in the lineup. Right. And so, and then right. that's going to supplant somebody else. So, you know, uh, yeah. You know, so it's there's there's less wiggle room for them. You know, whereas San Francisco's got some room to maneuver. And and they have and they do have some nice pieces. So when whatever the inevitable goes wrong, they might be a little bit more flexible.
0: You know, so, I'm, I'm with you. I I kind of like the Giants here. I was gonna say the Dodgers, but you know what? I I'm you've talked. Congratulations, Dave. You have talked me into the Giants. <laughs> um, it, it's a good lineup. I mean, I don't think some of these guys are particularly that great. But mm-hmm. they like you said, like. I think their worst position in the lineup, it
1: it might be catcher and Mejia. To me, is a fifty-five. You know, that's above yeah. average. And yeah, it's a like you got a, you got a lot of guys, and like it's not great, but it's good. Right, and it's good to above average. And right, that's you know right. that's when you're when you're deep in that area, like that's that's the way to win because it's. I mean, how many times have we seen it? You got a superstar on your team with little around him. One or two things go wrong, go sideways, and then that one guy can't carry the club. Right. You know, I mean, we've been watching Trout do it for how long? So Too long. try to do it. Yeah, try to do it, and uh, you know, he finally gets some help, and then he's hurt. So right. it's, uh, you know, so it's, uh, you know, the unheralded guys. I think that that end up making the difference, which is why San Francisco in real life is the Giants and the Cardinals are two teams that. In reality, like I would be the most afraid of oh, absolutely. down the stretch. Absolutely. You know, like those teams, they just seem to bring guys up every year. You don't know who they are. You know, they're like a twelfth round pick. You know? Right. And they just they show up and they, they're ready to play. Exactly. They don't make and they don't make mistakes. That's, they don't. I mean Tommy you know, that's Tommy
0: Edmond to me was that guy
1: for the Cardinals, what was it, two years ago? And they have I, I saw Memphis this year a, a bunch and they have three other guys just like him in Memphis. Really? You know? Yeah. That are like 25 that are just sitting there waiting. Yeah. You know? And then, you know, they have another guy, Max Schrock, who I like, you yeah, know, he's the who, guy they got he,
0: in the, uh, Piscati deal, right?
1: He was. Yeah. yeah. And so, and he's bounced around and he's like the last guy on their list. They just don't have room for him. Right. And right. so, you know, he's bounced around a bit, but the way he plays the game fits their profile. And mm-hmm. he had a shot in Cincinnati until they signed the And then, uh, that dried up for him. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, dudes like that, that you get enough of those guys and, you know, they're going to plug holes for you. And
0: one of them might pop off and, you know, have a hit tool. That's a notch higher than what you thought. And that's going to carry even more value. I mean, that that kind of thing happens. Yeah. Yeah. You get,
1: yeah. You get one or two guys that, you know, play over their head for a little bit or turn a corner or something, you Mm -hmm. know, and, uh, and that covers what, one and a half injuries. Two, exactly. You know, two injuries. You know, yep. and so yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I think that I think that is the Giants. I mean, they do have a lot of depth. To your point, and I mean, Drew Jones. To me, I know he was god awful in the majors last year with you know about a third of season worth of at bats, but that's a guy that you could slot into center field. He'll be a Gold Glove caliber defender. Um, that's a really valuable player to have. They have. Um, they have Danny Ramos, who may not be major league ready, but I think is pretty solid. They got Jaden Melendez. Uh, I think he could be starting for a handful of teams in the major leagues, and they've also yeah. got some um, other arms as well that that I like. So they've got uh, William Holmes, who is in Low A for some reason? Question mark. But I think he could be a pretty serviceable bat. <laughs> so I mean, there's there's a lot of depth there, and it's very. It's it's a it's a very big difference in their depth versus the Dodgers, and yeah, yeah I, I'm with you. I think I would go with the Giants here, um, assuming that even the Dodgers get only one or two injuries, that that could be the difference there.
1: Um, well, I want the I really want the Giants to win so that I can trade them Arenado and take a couple yes. prospects from them. Yes. so the Galaxy be like, hey, win. I'm gonna I'm gonna make the difference for you guys, push you over the top here. Yes. So the Giants, you can can have this this guy, uh, this
0: podcast then.
1: Right. Yeah. So Uh, I'm pulling, I'm pulling for that and then I'll try and uh, I'll try and steal a couple dudes from them. Yeah. But so, all
0: right, Peter, you're on notice. Don't screw this up. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But uh, you know, so we were going to talk about the trade tool. I mean, I know we're at 52 minutes here, so we've been a little bit over what we wanted. So, I mean, yeah,
1: just, I actually, I actually have to, uh, I have to get going.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I figured. So, um, but yeah, the trade tool, if you guys don't use it, if you submit trades in the completed trades thread, I will just simply not process it. How about that? It's pretty, so, it's,
1: I mean, I looked at it today. It's pretty straightforward. Um, yeah. You know, like uh, because there's so much information in this league, I'm finding that you need to click around a little bit which is easy enough um, and it it seems to work just like that all the information is not that far not that hard to
0: yeah
1: to get a hold of so and like you said if you're just if you're talking with somebody else you agree to a deal and then you're just plugging in players it's not yeah, it's pretty pretty easy
0: yeah i mean so. it's hard to appreciate since you, you just joined but this is like for someone that's played otp for so long and been in online online lease for so long. It's it's such a it's such a godsend. Like I'm just gonna leave it at that. It's a godsend. Yeah. So please use it guys. Do not submit trades like you've been doing in the past or I will publicly shame you. You have my word <laughs> on that. But uh Dave, it's been a pleasure being a part of the number one, the first, the very, very first episode of Define Gravity. So really appreciate you coming on and we'll hope to have you on soon.
1: No, yeah, that always always fun talking about players, man. Thanks for having me on, and uh, happy to be a part of the league. You got it. All That's right, it. guys. Well, that'll do it for this particular
0: episode of Defying Gravity. We'll see you guys next time. See ya.